Buckle up everyone and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show where two rugby league tragics tonight will be talking everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. And I'm the Chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. Yes, well, oh geez, we're going to go again there. I've bumped the button. You can tell I'm out of practice. I wasn't on board last week. The boys uh, were steering the ship without me. I'm back tonight. We've got the chameleon on board. Shane can't be with us, but uh, massive show tonight, Griffo. We're actually doing two this week. This is our uh, round 13 review, and we've also got an origin preview coming up. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, can I call it a special edition because it's... I've never been part of the special edition. This, is, this will be the special edition. This is uh, this is uh, out of the ordinary, really. We um, we, we we decided this week we're going to um, do a couple of shows, and we'll call this a special edition because it's the origin preview. And um, yeah, usually we're a bit later on in the week, but there's plenty to talk about ahead of tomorrow night's big game. Oh, there's a lot to talk about. You know, even our carpool rugby league team. You know, it's the origin period. It's a tough time for all teams. And, you know, we've, we've got Shana, our vice-captain's out tonight. And we had the captain out last week, but we're mm. fighting on. Carpool Rugby League team through the origin period. That's right. We're, tr- we're trying to kick on best we can. And even the top teams, when they they don't have all the troops on deck, we know that they can, uh, they can struggle. We saw that last Friday night. Uh, but we'll go... Quickly through some of the scores from last week. Um, we only had four games last week because of the origin period. Uh, the Thursday night game, we saw the Dragons defeat the Broncos 52 points to 24. Um, first loss of the season for the Panthers, missing a, a whole host of stars. Uh, they lost to the Tigers 26 to 6. So uh, some have been saying very lucky draw for the Tigers, but uh, you still got to show up and win on the night. Saturday, we saw the Storm 20 points to 14 defeat the Titans, and the Eels were big winners on Sunday, 40 points to 4. Um, we might just quickly go through, seeing as though there's four games, Griffo, we might just have a chat about each game individually. We're going to get to um, some of the, um, the talk about Origin later. But, um, look, the first game we saw, the Dragons and Broncos, just briefly, uh, we saw a lot of points in that one. Uh, what were your thoughts on uh, the Dragons being able to put 50 on the Broncos? Well, uh, it was an entertaining uh, 80 minutes of rugby league. Uh, well, I'll say an entertaining 40 minutes. The first half was very competitive. Uh, the second half seems to drag out a little. Um, good Dragons, they got two points. Uh, that sets them... Uh, it keeps them in the top eight. Um, and Broncos, well, awful in the second half. They, they, were, mm. they were okay in the first half. But uh, if their season wasn't finished previously, you'd have to say the Broncos are not going to make the eight now, definitely. Um, 
St. George Illawarra live to fight another day. I, I still don't think they're a great team, but they're in the eight and uh, they'll give themselves a big chance of staying there and, and going through to the semifinals. Yeah, they're just um, hanging on there, aren't they, in eight spot they, there? They are, and they've been hanging on for a while. And mm. At the halfway mark, they were there with five wins, seven losses. Now they've almost got 50-50 record. They're, they're still in the eight. Yep. No, and it and and we see there's a little bit of congestion there, uh, but it's starting to stretch out just a little bit. Uh, they're on the same amount of points as the Warriors. They've won six, lost seven. You really want to be at least, um, you know, on par with with wins and losses to to be a chance of the finals. Um, usually, if you win more games than you lose, you make it, don't you, Griff? Well, that's been that's been the way of the past. But... Yeah. Given the dominance of the top five sides this year, there's a fair chance that we'll see a side in the finals who have slightly less than a 50% winning record. Yep. So for and against is going to be crucial. And I think that's why uh, a game, I know they still leaked 24 points there against the Broncos, but the fact now that the Dragons, they've just tipped into a positive for and against. And if you look on the ladder, the teams that are close by... Um, Apart from that top five, and this is going to surprise a lot of people, apart from the top five teams in the league, St. George actually have the next best for and against. They're on plus nine. Keeping in mind, a lot of those teams they're fighting for eight spot with, such as the Cowboys, the Warriors, um, they're, they're still in the minus. So definitely uh, good to get some points on the board for the Dragons. The thing about the Dragons is they're in the top eight. So it's theirs to lose. Yep. Yep. Yes, it is. On the flip side, we had the Broncos. Um, you know, the, the the interesting thing I want to get your thoughts on for the Broncos. Uh, every single week we seem to to see a different halves combination lately, and not to give away too much about uh, Thursday's episode where we go through the teams and preview next week. But uh, we we already know that they're going to have another halves combination uh, this week coming with Carmichael Hunt coming into the side I to play. I did not know that. Play his first game in a long time. I had not looked. Yeah, he's actually going to play this week and partner Albert Albert Kelly. We've talked a lot about um, Milford being out. The other night we saw uh, Kelly and Gamble. I mean, it's going to be hard for a team to to continue to win games if you don't have a settled halves combination. Usually you need a settled combination that's playing well to be a chance of winning games, don't you? Well, yes, you do. Um. But yeah, that's that's a, they're not going to feature in the top eight. The Broncos. No, they're only one spot uh, off the bottom with the Bulldogs in last place. Uh, I'd also be interested to get your thoughts, Griffo, on Friday night's game out at Leichhardt Oval. This is one you would have watched very closely, as would a lot of uh, Penrith fans, and also a lot of NRL fans want to keep their eye on this one. As the Penrith Panthers, they had a lot of players out the other night. I think, uh, am I right in saying is it six or seven players I think out, Griffo? Eight. Uh, okay. Yeah, seven with the origin, and yes. uh, Moses Leota, who had a yep. one-week suspension. So you're looking at eight players from their regular first-grade squad missing. Uh, any any team would be, you know, confident of taking on a team, even one as good as the Panthers. When you take eight players out, they're really not the team that we've seen over the past uh, year with that great uh, winning streak. Uh, look, I'll I'll get your thoughts in a minute on the Panthers. Given the fact that there are a lot of players missing, um, we've got to take that into account. Um, 
as as an opposition to the Panthers and a, and a team you would have watched closely, what did you think of the Tigers the other night? They would have been excited to get the win. Um, obviously a depleted Panthers, but what were your thoughts on the Tigers, Griffo? Yeah, I thought they were good. Um, you can only you can only win. Um, it don't matter who's who you're up against. Can they beat the team? It's not their fault. The other team had eight players out. Yeah, but. As I said in last week's podcast, and I actually did on the podcast, I thought the Tigers would win. And I originally tipped them. And then, uh, as I'm prone to do, uh, I do sometimes make uh, a mistake. I went back into my tips and changed them. Done the backflip. I did. And uh, history shows that that generally doesn't work well. And it didn't. But. To be honest, I find I found it hard to tip against my team. I honestly didn't think they would win uh, with the players they had out, but they had enough good players uh, to to give themselves an opportunity. But the Tigers, to their credit, they were the better team, mm. and uh, on the night, the seventeen players that took the field for each team. Tigers were the better side, without a doubt. And I think the scoreline probably reflected, to a fair degree, how the game went. Um, I was impressed with Luke Brooks. Yep. Uh, I think he was awarded man of the match. He certainly, I thought he was the best guy on the field. Tigers' defense was much improved. Um, Panthers' attack was poor in general. Um, particularly in the first half. They just didn't know what they were doing. It was very clunky. Mm. Um, we talked about um, the importance of halves. It was it was a it was a real makeshift halves pairing yeah, though, it was. wasn't it? You know, yeah, with yeah. we know that Burton's a a half, but uh, you know, Burton yeah, and May isn't isn't really it didn't a, work. Yeah. Um, I'm not I'm not gonna be too critical. No. Nah. Every guy tried his best. It just the execution just wasn't there. Um, and I, um, I'm on a, on a Facebook site page called Panthers fans only. And there was so much criticism. I, I don't understand it. People just bagging a variety of players. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. If you're a supporter you don't come out like that and publicly say this guy's shit and this guy's, you know, piss him off. And I just, mm. I don't like it. Um, yes, there were some players who did not, did not play as they were expected. <clears throat> they were trying, but they were completely disjointed. Um, You've got normally Luai and Nathan Cleary running the show and they weren't there. And the reality is some players didn't look like the players that they normally do. Um, I'll take out of that, and I'm talking now about sort of the recognized first graders, not the guys who came up to play, but... Uh, uh, James Fisher Harris. That's phenomenal. He was as good as James oh. Fisher Harris. He, he's just a consistent yeah. performer. Yeah, I agree. Um, Matt Burton was 
he was pretty distraught after the game. I saw him interviewed and then looking at him in the dressing room. He was a pretty shattered man. Um, he gave his all. He had a couple of mistakes, but he was, he was the guy that looked most likely to do some damage. Yeah. Um, and it was the first time too, I suppose, for him that we've seen where he's had to really take control and yep. and in a sense, you know, I felt like um I felt I felt for him in a sense that I think he felt like he had to give more and force his hand and and yep. a lot sort of came around. He I think he felt a big responsibility to create oh, yeah. a lot of um yeah. opportunities. You just see his, in his reaction after yeah. the game. And like you know, and he, he, he was down on himself, he even sort of said it I don't think he said the words exactly. It was his fault, but mm. it was something pretty close to that. Um, two things to come out of that. Firstly, it shows just how much it means to him. And secondly, it's gonna, the hunger is going to be there. Um, and uh, I think you'll probably see him in the 5-8 in the position again this week. I mean, we won't talk about this week's games, but um yeah look I, I i i was disappointed to lose but not unexpected the yeah. other team was better um that was on the field off the field i think the west tigers organization fans i, I don't think they uh I don't think they did themselves any favors. Obviously, they got a big axe to grind with with Ivan Cleary. Mm. Um, I, I didn't notice. <laughs> that's no, a, no. That, that's a famous words from Ivan he's Cleary. A, he's a cool customer. Oh, like, he's good, isn't he? Um, like James Hooper was on Fox last night, come out and talk about because there's been a lot of a lot spoken about the Tigers fans, not just the ones in the grandstand giving it to Ivan Cleary, but the ones that were giving it to the Penrith guys in the, in the dugout, Nathan yeah. Cleary and the other origin boys that were there um, right throughout the game, apparently throwing things. Um, yeah, it's I've not good luck. Reports of, of Penrith fans being, you know, abused things thrown at them and whatnot. Now, I wasn't at the game, but this is what's been coming out. And then Hooper gets on and says, oh, you know, this is a bit rich from Penrith fans. You know, they did the Viking clap against the Raiders. <laughs> That's what he said. Like, oh, God. I could but like, I was at that game. I did not personally do the Viking clap, but I was entertained by it. I, I was, it was quite amusing. No one abused any Canberra supporters. No one no. threw things at them. It was light-hearted fun. The yes, Viking clap is different. not some sort of sacred thing that you cannot possibly um, touch. The Canberra Raiders are from Canberra. They're not, not from... Not Iceland. They're not from <laughs> Oslo. They're not from Copenhagen or, or, or from, uh, uh, from Helsinki. Or uh, trying to, I'm trying to Swedish capital. I should know it. Uh, Stockholm. That's the one. I was thinking Reykjavik in uh, Iceland. Yeah, right. yeah, I, mentioned, yeah. I mentioned Reykjavik at the start. 
this is Canberra. It's the capital of Australia. There's no one there who was a Viking. The Viking clap was adapted from a soccer team, a football team, if you want to call it that, from the Euros. I think it was the last Euros or maybe the one before. But this is not something that's like, you know, it's not a part of the Canberra culture. It's not like the Harker that is actually part of the Maori culture. James Hooper, um, yeah, look, disappointing. Apples uh, and oranges, a Tigers right. fan. That's okay. Support your team, but you know, if you, you you're the media, just treat, try. It. The other thing, the other thing, and and again, earlier in the year we saw Christian Crichton carry on like an idiot. Um, against the Raiders, put his arm around top. That's right. Yes, yes, yes. Now, for weeks, not just that week, but into the next week as well, it kept getting dragged up on uh, on Fox League, NRL three sixty. Everyone was down on Crichton, and look, he did the wrong thing. I, d- I don't approve of what he did, but last. Uh, Friday night, we saw it with the West Tigers. Exactly the same thing on Crichton. No one says a word. Nothing. Um, I didn't agree that he did it. I don't agree with the West Tigers. Uh, the Dane Laurie thing with the uh, the faking of the injury. Look, it's a bad look, but he got a penalty. Um, I'm not going to go too hard on Dane Laurie. Um, it, anyway, Tigers won. They deserved yeah. to win. They were the better team. But what I will say, they'll want to win again when they come to Penrith. Otherwise, I think there might be a little bit of payback. Uh, hopefully not in a uh, in any sort of out-of-control way, but... Uh, if you're going to give it, you're probably going to get it back. Um, so the Tigers, for their fans' sake, will probably want to win at Penrith later in the year. And I, for one, don't think they will. Yeah, no, it's a, a de- definitely a different kettle of fish when you come up against a full-strength team. And, you know, another team that was missing some players and uh, is usually affected um, quite significantly throughout the origin period is the Melbourne Storm. Um it, this 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 was an was another match where I feel like uh, the Titans. I mean, they've, they've they've blown some chances in this one. Twenty points to fourteen, they went down to the Storm. Uh, obviously, probably not the extent of uh, players missing that we're used to seeing, but uh, it was definitely a um, a Storm team that were down on troops this week. Um, what what are your thoughts on the Titans at the moment? We we did see them blow some chances. They're that sort of team that's, um, you know, we actually we actually thought they'd be entrenched in the eight. A lot of us said that, you know, they're a top six team. Um, you know, we've we've just talked about the Tigers. The Titans are actually sitting below the Tigers on the uh, on the ladder. What did you make of them on uh, on the weekend, Griff? Look, I thought their effort was quite good, mm. particularly in defence. Um, it was an improvement. Their attack. Uh, I think uh, Kelly in the centres couple of opportunities where he did not pass the ball or he held on to it too long and 
couple of tries went begging. Yeah, they really blew a couple. should have been tries. Mm. And then right at the end, mad scramble. I think it was Sami um, who was in a position to pass, eventually pass, but it was too late and he threw a shocking pass. They could have won that game. Um, they had the opportunities. I they, yeah, I, I thought they were much improved. Um, yes, the Storm were down on players, no doubt about it, and they have been for a while. But so were the Titans. Uh, the Titans were missing T- Big Tino Fasua Malaawi, mm-hmm. David Fafita, Mo Fotuweka, and AJ Bremson. That's true. So, That's true. Now, That's the Titans him. are not a side that have the depth to cover that quality of player. Um, so, unlike the Tigers, the Tigers were only missing Joe Offa and Galway. So they were almost at full strength, whereas the Titans um, were way below their full strength side. Uh, I actually had the Storm down last week as my joker for the round uh, to explain to the listeners in our tipping comp, we have a competition called the Joker and the Thief. And you nominate a team uh, each week that you think is going to win and uh, whatever they win by, you get that score. So, so for last week, uh, I had the Storm. I got a plus six. Um, if the team that you nominate loses, uh, you get a minus of whatever they went down by. So, um, so I, I thought the Storm would be the biggest winning team. Uh, it turned out that they're actually quite significantly the smallest winning team. But they did win. They got the two points. And that storm machine just keeps rolling on, particularly in Queensland, where they just don't lose. I think the storm would love to see some sort of COVID uh, happen just around about the start of October. So they have to move, uh, say, say, in Sydney, and they have to play the grand final up at uh, Suncorp. But that will suit the storm quite nicely because <laughs> they don't lose in Queensland. Um, yeah, I, I thought the Titans... The effort was there. Um, it was the execution that was lacking. The Storm, Nico Hines, again, he looked pretty good. Uh, and the, the thing about the Storm is, Graham, they've got a lot of Kiwi players. So that when True. Origin comes around, mm. um, they still have that nucleus of a very, particularly in the forwards, where you've got guys like Big uh, Nelson Asofa Solomona, Kenny Bromwich, Jesse Bromwich, Brandon Smith. Yeah, uh, They're all Kiwis. Um, so, you know that, and uh, so that works to their favour. But they're they're a great side. The Storm deserved to win, but Titans had their opportunities to win that game. Yeah, yeah, and and, and that'll be one I think where they'll they'll be a bit disappointed that they weren't able to, um, I suppose, convert those opportunities into points. But as you said, uh, it wasn't really a talking. Uh, point for a lot of people often we think about the storm having these players out but they're not as affected as much the titans um having these big names in the side uh were affected uh significantly so it's going to be a bit of a limp through the origin period for them so it's actually a really uh important key moment of the season for the for the titans to ensure they get through the next uh month or two um you know with more wins and losses given the impact 
Now, we're moving from uh, your Joker, Griffo. Uh, I don't want to brag too much, but I actually had uh, the Eels as my Joker Did in well. my margin. So Did I needed well. that because I was doing pretty poor in the competition. <laughs> it helped me out significantly. Um, they got back to their winning ways after their loss the week before to the Rabbitohs. Uh, 40 points to four winners. Um, for Parramatta, there was actually um, you know, one or two players in the side well, main, the main player that we were talking about in regards to origin contention was Clint Gutherson. Uh, he obviously was able to play for the Parramatta side. We also saw some great tries from Sevo. Um, they ended up putting eight tries on the Knights, who um, really for Newcastle, they continue to be uh, they continue to be disappointing. There wasn't much to to talk about uh, on the weekend that's going to change our minds because we've been fairly critical of them in recent times. Yeah, I didn't actually see the game. I was um, I was in the car listening to the first half, and it was you know pretty much one way traffic. And then uh, I happened to see you know put the TV on, and, and the power had gone even further in front. So I didn't actually uh, think that I was going to watch that game because uh, it wasn't much to watch really. Um, Obviously, if you're a para fan, you're pretty happy that you've picked up two points, and you've uh, not only that, but you're plus 36 with your for and against. So, um, well done, para. Controversial uh, in the sense, Graham. Uh, nothing in terms of the result, but the fact that someone who was in the Queensland camp in in the form of Reed yeah. Barney gets thrown out of camp plays in this game and uh, I think he got a bit of a busted shoulder uh, he's injured now yeah. yeah you know so if I couldn't understand why they got rid of him out of why pick him and then throw him away and then of course we got uh, yesterday I think it was Ben Hunt joins Marone's camp yes and he played last week yeah How's that work? Uh, yeah, and uh, I, I actually, I didn't like the way it all came about in the sense that Reed Marnie was in the squad. They they made him do the hokey pokey. He was in, then he's out. It, it, to basically say, oh, look, mate, we've, we've selected you for origin, but uh, now we've found out that um, Harry Grant's good to go. So, uh, see ya, you're not, you're not wanted. Very, very interesting that he wasn't, I don't know if there was any pressure from, from Parramatta given that circumstance. I don't know whether they said, look, you're not going to play where you're going to release you. It's not something that we're used to seeing, specifically in a in an era where the 18th man and these extended bench players that form the squad are as important as ever. Let's say, for example, we've got the uh, the New South Wales team, which we'll go through a little bit later. Coruscant's the 18th man in that squad. Um, you know, not playing on the weekend, a part no. of the squad. And, you know, and really, it's um, it's not good news for Marnie because, uh, yeah, he suffered an injury on the weekend. So, yeah, he's, he's oh, going to be out for the from, guy yeah. when he got thrown out in the first place. I couldn't understand it. It doesn't like, do much for a young bloke's self-esteem to no. say, yeah, yeah, no, no, now we don't want it's you. Just, it's not it's like crook, he's, he's been there five or six times before. This is just going to be his origin debut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imagine the, how excited the guy is. He goes into camp a couple of days later. Oh, sorry, we actually we don't need you now. No. Go back. I, I've never seen that before, where you're thrown out, and then they they bring somebody else in who played last weekend. Yeah, 
I didn't even know it was a thing. I didn't even know it was a possibility. It was really bizarre, I thought, and I, I didn't think it did. Um, look, okay, it probably helped. The only, the only winners, in a sense, were Para. If he didn't get injured, you'd say, oh, great, he got to go back and play for Para. But uh, I don't think it does much for Reed Marnie. I don't think it does much for um, for the Maroons. I mean, geez, if we've already got enough reasons to hate him, let alone with them doing this stupid stuff. Well, they do seem to bend the rules. Yeah. <laughs> at least he's from Queensland. <laughs> well, that's true. You might think, that Gee, I wish I wasn't. Yeah. Well, after his treatment, but I know I might sound biased here, but I couldn't see that happening in the New South Wales squad. No, I couldn't I see that happening. I couldn't see it happening in a Maroon squad under previous coaches and and so well, on. So they like to have an extra few players in to give them that experience. Hmm to be around the senior guys, even if they're not going to play, they're obviously working with them at training and, you know, in case someone, you know, tears yep. a hamstring or something like that, they're ready to go. Um, Reed Marnie's going to benefit from that a lot more than Ben Hunt is this week. Well, Reed Marnie, you know, probably thinking, I can't believe it. At first I get kicked out and then I come and play and I get injured. Yeah. If I if I was up in Origin camp, I wouldn't have a busted shoulder. True, and I'd be uh, in the Origin squad, and life would be great. Really? I really feel for the bloke. It's just I thought he was very poorly treated. Yeah, I think the whole thing's been handled handled really, really poorly. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 one of those things where you know I haven't I, I'm not sure of the exact diagnosis in regards to the injury and time but i know he's looking at at least a couple of weeks um so yeah not not good not good at all for reed marnie if rules him out for the next origin game if harry grant gets injured or something like this marnie's not gonna be there no and all of a sudden then ben hunt's uh looking like the hooker for queensland which um as a new south before he has but as a new south welshman um you know that's 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 something that uh, you know I'm not too uh, too stressed about. No, no. But look, that was that was a week of footy. As we said, only four games. Um, there's still plenty going on, even though it's Origin. Sometimes the Origin period can throw up a lot of uh, a lot of um, you know, controversial talking points. It can bring out the best in some other players. Um, so what we might do, Griffo, we might give you an opportunity to uh, let us know what grabbed your eyes for Griffo's grab. Four games to choose from, but there's still plenty. What happened for you this week? What grabbed your eye? Two words. Matt Dufty. Yeah. Matt Dufty. Um, we'll talk about the the Matt Dufty issue in a moment, but yeah, this game, St. George Illawarra v. Brisbane Broncos. Uh, Matt Dufty. Here's some stats. Stats from Matt. Two tries. 132 metres. One line break. Four line break assists. Five tackle breaks. And uh, two 
sorry, tr- five try assists. My apologies. That's the key. To, the key one. Mm. Five tr- five try assists in one game, and a couple of tackle breaks thrown in as well. Um, he was outstanding, and he was the best player of the round. Uh, he caught my eye, and there's a little bit of controversy about this young man. And that's yeah. because he's being told he's not wanted. You gotta wonder. It's well, it's interesting too, and you know, because I mean what what would you suggest, okay, if you if you had to make sense of this Griffo, what's what's the motivation for having a young bloke like Dufty with say, you know, you look at the statue just read, he's a he's a young player that's um had a lot of hype and a lot of promise and he's delivered on a lot of that and there are clubs that are keen to sign him from it from the st george laura dragons point of view try helping un- a dragons fan understand this decision if you can <laughs> okay well personally mm. i can't I, yeah. I i i think it's ridiculous yep but i'm not coach griffin um they don't have anyone else. We saw him out for a few weeks and their attack really struggled. He is their main attacking weapon. He must be the world's worst defender because um, that's the only reason that they can be getting rid of him. Um, and I don't think he's that bad. Mm. To, to get to Dufty, they've got to have beaten 12 blokes in front that's of him first. Yeah. And that's what's hard to, you know, he's, he's cleaning a lot of stuff up. The The interesting thing that I've been reading, I don't know if you're hearing the similar thing, uh, there were reports this week that um, that some of the uh, Dragons officials might have an issue with his attitude. One of the examples that have been um, thrown out there is that uh, Matt Dufty isn't one to take criticism well from a coach. Uh, so uh, there's a little bit of rumbling there that um, maybe maybe he and the coach may not get along and the coach isn't keen on his attitude. Well, maybe he's not. There was similar sorts of things with Paul McGregor when he was the coach. Dufty was in and out of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, we're not privy to all that sort of stuff. Um, all we do is watch the game. Yeah. When and we Dufty come... plays, this Wait. team scores points. Dufty doesn't play, they struggle to score points. Now, this is a side that doesn't have too much attacking flair, and you're getting rid of your most damaging attacking weapon. I don't know if they've got someone in, you know, in there who's going to come and fill the, the what he can do and do better in defence and have a nice positive attitude and whatnot and love criticism um, at face value and that's all I've got. Yeah, getting rid of this guy is ridiculous. Uh, um, been linked to. I don't know uh, what sort of cash is on Graham. I don't know if he's yeah. on big money or not. That could be a factor. I don't know. Could be a cap I just issue. Know what I see. 
I yeah. just not want us to. And there are some clubs interested, and given the fact that he's uh, he's only 25 years old, uh, a lot, few of the clubs we're hearing that are interested in uh, signing up Dufty, uh, I'm hearing Broncos, Bulldogs, and the, the biggest name to come out recently to make a big push is the Canberra Raiders. And there are even reports that um, they're willing to move uh, Chance Nickel Clockstar from fullback to accommodate Dufty at the club, which says a lot about his talent. Yeah, they need something down there. Um, the Broncos need something at fullback. The Bulldogs bought a fullback uh, in um, the guy that was at South who played in the Origin last year. Um, Corey Allen. Corey, uh, yeah, Corey Allen. And Corey Allen hasn't played fullback too much. Uh, he's been on the wing or in the centres or not in the side. I know he's maybe had a bit of injury, but played a couple of games at fullback. Didn't particularly like what he came up with. And they put Dallin back there. And, well, that hasn't gone too well for him either, to be honest. No. <laughs> so You're, maybe, one of your, maybe one of your they faves. do need a fullback. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like these bulldogs have got a bottomless pit of money that they can just buy anyone who's on the market. I, I don't know. Um, they can't buy a win though. No, they, well, <laughs> they 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 did get the two points as you mentioned. Uh, that was a right. big week last week, and uh, I That's saw right. uh, I saw something a bit of a joke somewhere, might have been on Facebook or something or other, where um, there was a story that the Bulldogs won two points and the Panthers did not win two points. Yeah. So, <laughs> a rare that. weekend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely a rare weekend. And it's funny you mentioned um, Matt Dufty in regards to uh, Griffo's grab because uh, that's going to lead me into um, Graham's gaff, which actually involved Matt Dufty, but uh, for reasons different to what you'd normally think in a gaff. Yeah, so the reason I'm uh, mentioning Matt Dufty is the gaff actually involved uh, a Dufty try. The gaff wasn't committed by Dufty. Uh, we know that he had a great game. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about Jermaine Asako. Uh, some of you may have seen this try where uh, the ball was kicked ahead and Asako was uh, jogging back into the end goal. Uh, I'd probably describe his uh, approach to the ball as blasé at best. Uh, he's just tried to shadow the ball, um, really done a terrible job, didn't get anywhere near it, it was never going dead, and he's just let it land in the end goal, and Dufty's come through and scored. This leads me to one thing that we might, you know, we might have a quick chat about here. Obviously, we're not going to spend a five-minute uh, segment to just bash Jermaine Asako, but I want to get your thoughts, Griffos, on some of the fullbacks, because... We tend to see, um, you know, we know it's a big play if the ball is in the end goal, you get caught in the end goal, or if the player knocks it dead. Now that we're seeing the, um, you know, the line drop out, the other side of the coin, if they are able to shadow the ball dead, um, it, it, it's a it's a great result for, for the team being able to come out 20 metres and get seven tackles. Are we seeing players not being cautious enough trying to shadow the ball? Because this isn't the only time this has happened where someone's just stood in the in goal and um, 
hasn't really taken notice of the players coming through, do we find sometimes the fullbacks just really need to attack the ball a bit more rather than hoping that they might get a... You know, I mean, this one was never rolling dead, but you sometimes see it where it's going to roll dead. Um, so what are your thoughts on uh, on fullbacks and uh, sometimes their, their lack of, I suppose, urgency to, to clean the ball up? I think... And this one in particular was critical because it was 18 all at the time. Yeah. It was, it was, it was half time. You know, it was a matter of seconds on the clock um, when, when this happened. It was a game changer. Um, we've seen it almost, we see something similar most rounds where the fullback or, or the winger, um, I think Mar- Marcelo Montoya had a problem a few weeks back, where they just don't clear the ball. Um, it is it is difficult because of the, for the reasons that you said that there's a huge difference between a seven tackle set that you get or, or have to, to do a drop out um, and the guy the guys split second you know they, they they roll the dice I think the the smart play uh, is to just put your hand on the ball, just force it, it, or yeah. have a very decisive uh, kick or bat it over the uh, the dead ball line. If you can't, if you don't think you're going to be able to ground it cleanly, um, most fullbacks or wingers have had that situation that's gone pear shaped at some stage. It does happen doesn't just happen to Jermaine Sarko, but um, I think the guys around them have got communicate better. Right? Like in the case of Asako the other night, someone's just got to yell out to him. Yeah. Get it dead or man on. Or, man on know. like the soccer court. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And like, yeah, he couldn't, he's got not got eyes on the back of his head. Hmm. But again, there's, he's, he's part of a team. And the guys around him should just be saying, get it, dude, yeah, man on, get it dead, whatever they're going to say, whatever the call yeah. is, to know that, okay, I have to get rid of this ball yeah. or I've got to ground it. I think a big concern um, is, um, for, for me, in those types of situations, it, it shows to me that, you know, not just Jermaine Asako, but maybe the Brisbane Broncos, but, you know, Asako in this situation... Um, obviously doesn't have faith in his defence. He, he in that, that moment, felt as though he couldn't just ground the ball and back his team to defend on the line, uh, which, which was shows a lack of it confidence. It was half-time. That's true. <laughs> That's was, true. They didn't even have to. Like, yep, they wouldn't have had to have defended. It would have just killed the game. They ga- would not yeah. have had to make a tackle. Matt, you're exactly right. Um, which, you know, sort of compounds the the error. Um yeah. yeah, look, it's it's a team game, and in that situation, um, his teammates needed to tell him to get on his bike and get rid of that thing. Yeah. Um, whether they did or didn't, I don't know, but uh, we did actually see Asako because he made some other errors in the second half, so his confidence was down. He actually got hooked. Uh, you mm. don't see that too often of a guy getting hooked because 
he's having a bad day. No, nah, especially um, a fullback. No. So, um, so very much so, the Brisbane Broncos are in the market for a number one. The circle, I think we might see him make his way to the wing because he's actually a good player. Mm. But you'd have to say fullback is, is not his best position. No, worth making a play for Dufty, possibly. Well, they could do worse. No, definitely. Definitely. You could think of uh, worse combinations, Dufty at fullback. Uh, you know, you'd, you'd then have Reynolds in the halves with a big forward pack. Um, yeah, definitely something for them to consider. But uh, I think at the moment we need to consider the uh, the big game tomorrow night, Griffo. I think it's the just big, about big game time. game tomorrow night, is there? Yeah, it's a massive game tomorrow night, so I think we need to start thinking about Origin. All right, as I said, uh, we're recording this on uh, Tuesday. Hopefully you're listening to this on uh, Wednesday, gearing up for Origin, getting ready to, uh, well, if you're up in Queensland, going to the game. If you're in New South Wales, uh, getting ready to watch it on the telly or going to your mate's place and uh, making a night of it because I think it's going to be an absolute belter. We love State of Origin. It was a little bit different last year being that it was in the... um, It was was basically in the post-season at the end of the year. We're going back to the mid-season state of origin on a Wednesday night, what we're used to. Um, I'll just go through a bit of team news for everyone. Uh, We might even, we'll we'll be gentlemen, we'll talk about the Maroons first, uh, Griffo, um, just to keep everyone up to date with the the team. We talked a little bit about Reid Marnie uh, earlier on the podcast. He's been released from camp. Uh, We know he's got that shoulder injury. He'll be out for a couple of weeks, so we wouldn't expect him to feature until possibly uh, Game 3. The other news for Queensland, Dane Gagai missed a couple of field sessions due to illness, but uh, Daily Cherry Evans has assured the media that he was back on deck on Monday and he'll be fine by kickoff. Um, A bit of an indication to to say that Dane Gagai has probably been crook is the fact that he hasn't been named for South. Uh, on the weekend, so uh, he'll get a rest after that, so he'll be ready to go for Queensland. We did briefly talk about Ben Hunt coming in to take his place in the extended bench. Um, They're looking at either him, the other option would be Cohen Hess to be 18th man on game night, Uh, so it'll be interesting to see which way Queensland go. Uh, You'd think they might go for Hunt for a bit more versatility, should there be an injury, but we'll see how we go. Uh, Cameron Munster's also been cleared to play, um... AJ Brimson's been cleared to play. He'll be on the bench in the utility role. Uh, they're, they're also expecting this talk that Brimson would play some time at hooker um, because uh, the, the talk coming out of Queensland is that Harry Grant will probably play somewhere between that 40 to 80 minutes with uh, with a little bit of a rest. Um, look, we know he's coming back straight in from a hamstring injury, so that's no surprise to us. Um Felice Kafusi has beat his tripping charge that the judiciary is free to play. So, given that, this is the way that Queensland lines up. Now, there was a bit of a shuffle, of course, with um, Ponga not being available. This is the um, the team that is on the official NRL uh, team sheet uh, 24 hours out from kickoff. Uh, we have Valentine Holmes at fullback. Coates and Felt on the wing with Capewell and Gagai in the centres. Munster and Cherry Evans are the halves. In the forwards, Welch and Big Tino will be 
the props with Harry Grant, as we said, in the number nine jersey. Kafusi Fafita in the back row with Jai Arrow locking the scrum. The interchange bench for Queensland. Brimson, Sua, Fotoweka, Ofahengawi with the reserves Hess and Hunt. A uh, bit of a different um, lineup in a sense. There's a lot of names that have been there, Griffo, um, but a, a, a bit of a different lineup to what we're used to. Uh, we know that Harry Grant's uh, one of your favourites. He's got his opportunity to play in the number nine for Queensland, uh, a jersey that was made very famous by uh, Cameron Smith. Uh, what are your thoughts on the impact of Grant and if he's not playing 80 minutes, uh, the possibility of uh, Brimson coming off the interchange bench to fill that role? Uh, I am a huge fan of Harry Grant. I think he's the best number nine in the world, um, even though he's only had a, a short career. But the guy hasn't played 80 minutes all year. He's had... Uh, he came late into the season uh, from a an off-season uh, injury at the end of last season or an off-season. I think he had surgery. So he missed a few games. When he came back, he came off the bench. Um, and then he got this hamstring problem. So he's only played maybe three or four games. And all of them, uh, he only played part of the game. I can't see there's any way that, that Harry Grant will play 80 minutes tomorrow night. No. For the first time in, in 2021, playing 80 minutes, it's not going to happen. Um, hence, the whole Reed Marnie thing uh, yeah. and throwing him out of of the camp when, when he knew that Harry Grant's not going to play 80 minutes. It was, you know, Yes, he was declared fit to play, but but um, so I'm sure that we'll see Ben Hunt on the bench. Um, I think that might be a late change. Well, I think so. Uh, Who makes Wade Brimson? You know, probably. Uh, you can't see him. That's a shame. Not not having three three forwards there. Yeah. Um, you know, it might be that Brimson does play because. He does offer that sort of impact, mm. you know, X factor that coming into the game maybe just before half time when, when the New South Wales forwards are tired. Uh, AJ Brimson, when he did play last year, showed that he's a quality at this level. He was quality. Unfortunately for him, he got injured. So he missed, uh, he certainly missed the last game. Um, not sure if he played in the second game or not, but he, he got injured after uh, or during a, a very good performance of when he did play. Um, he worries me more than a Ben Hunt might, but you need to have a recognised dummy half. And, and AJ Brimson, while he, he can stand there and pass the ball, you're not getting out of AJ Brimson what AJ Brimson is dangerous at. He's, you know... He's a he's a broken field runner. He's a line breaker. He's not a dummy half. Um, and if you if you're going to give Harry Grant a rest, which he will need, you've got to have a guy there on the bench who is an experienced dummy half, which Ben Hunt is. Ben Hunt can also cover the halves if need be. Um, 
And at a pinch, you know, you could probably use him as a as as a lock. But for mine, AJ Brimson is a fullback. Um, yes, he could probably, you know, if he had to, he could cover um, some backline positions. But I just don't know that he he's going to be the man who who you want at dummy half, bringing your forwards onto the ball. It's 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 not something he's we've ever seen him do. You know, he, he'd probably go okay at it, but Ben Hunt, you know, is going to do that job if needed. Yeah, and it's a big stage for someone to come in and do that job when it's not their their regular role, and it makes that uh, Reid Marnie decision. Uh, seem all the more baffling. Uh, you mentioned that, you know, obviously they want to have that three-man bench, uh, the three-man forward bench, I should say. Um, this is this is actually quite a um, quite a sizable forward pack for, from Queensland. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, this forward pack, their ability to go forward? Because some of those big names that we uh, tend to talk about each week being key in regards to, you know, Big Tino and so on. Welsh has been... Um, you know, obviously a player over many years that's played quite well. Jai Arrow's found uh, some great form since going to uh, the Rabbitohs. And in all fairness, he was in excellent form at the Titans as well in a team that wasn't performing. Um, a lot of big names, a lot of uh, a lot of go forward there. Uh, what are your thoughts on their ability to get on the front foot to allow the uh, Queensland backs to, to wreak some havoc? I think the forwards is is the strength of Queensland. Um, I'm just trying to get up the uh, the side, but I'm, uh, I can't get the NRL website. It seems like no, it's done. No, I'm, I'm struggling as well. So uh, yeah, yeah, we're going to okay, have to so try it's and... It's not just me. But... No. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I think Big Tino was at 13. Um, Kafusi... Yes. And Fifita in the second row. Correct. That's pretty powerful. So, yeah, Dry Arrow at 13. Big Tino was at prop with Welch. Tino at prop? Yep. Tino's at prop with Welch. Grant at hooker. What what I'd seen was Jai Arrow was at prop and and Welch. Okay. Um, But, you know, look, either way. Either, either. They'll, 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 they'll interchange those Um, spots during the game. It's a, it's a middle forward. Yeah, look, uh, I think Queensland, their strength is, is that forward pack. Um, We saw last year what Big Tino brings. He was playing in his first series as a 20 or 21 year old and he dominated. Um. We knew he was good. We didn't know he was that good. He's been good for the Titans most of the year. Uh, he's, he's missed a couple of games through suspension. Um, wasn't great in his last game. David Fafita is the most damaging forward in the NRL when he's on. But he's not always on. Um, Kafusi is, is a an out-and-out origin player who um, seems to be really lucky at the judiciary. Um, you know, he's, he's got a bit of uh, got a bit of grub in him, but that's what you want in these games, really. <laughs> that's that's um, what origin's all about. So that's a very, very strong back roll. Um, I think Christian Welch is is now one of the the premier 
props. Um, yes, they're missing the par. Jay Arrow, he'll get the job done, whether he's at 13 or, you know, up front. He's just, again, he's an origin player. He's got a lot of experience at this level. He's never let Queensland down. Um, and then you've got Harry Grant, who, who as I said, I, I rate him more highly than any other number nine still playing the game. So that is a very strong pack. Um, for my New South Wales, if they're going to win, they must match Queensland in the forwards. Mm. Uh, it's, it's a bit of a reversal. With those years where Queensland dominated, sometimes you looked at the pack and you thought, oh, we got the stronger pack. But then they had the guys like, you know, Lockyer, Thurston, Cooper Cronk. Mm. Um, Greg Inglis, Billy Slater, out in the back line, and 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 we couldn't we couldn't beat those guys too often. Um, I think it's turned around now, and Queensland have actually got the stronger forwards. Um, New South Wales must match them. Um, what is the New South Wales forward pack, Graham? Okay, so what I'll do just to just to give everyone the full rundown of the team, I'll go through the team from one through to. Um, through to 19, including the reserves, and then we'll focus mainly on the forward pack because I think it's going to be an absolute belter of a forward pack battle. So just go, I'll go through the back line first, which is uh, the number one Tedesco at fullback. Brian Toto and Josh Adokar are going to be on the wings with Latrell Mitchell and Tom Trebojevic in the centres. Uh, the Penrith pairing of Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary will be in the halves. Uh, that forward pack that we wanted to focus on uh, for the moment, Griffo, uh, Saifidi and Jake Trebojevic have been named at prop with Damian Cook as hooker. Uh, Cameron Murray and Tarek Sims will be the back row with Isaiah Yo at lock. The interchange bench will be Whiten, Paulo Huss and Liam Martin. Uh, Coruscant and Campbell Graham are the reserves. So you'd expect... Um, you you probably expect Apisai Coruscant to be the 18th man should something happen. But as you said... Um, as you said, Griffo, uh, with this, uh, with these teams, it's almost as though you know this time around, New South Wales have that superstar um, backline with uh, you know definitely a lot more names than the backline we see for Queensland, uh, involving Holmes, Coates, Capewell, Gagai, Felt uh, as the uh, you know one through five, but um, I'll, I'll get your thoughts on the Ford pack because. Many would argue that a, a pack of Saifidi, Cook, Trebojevic, Murray, Sims and Yo um, might not be able to outmuscle that uh, that Queensland pack of Welsh Grant, uh, Tino, Kafusi, Fafida and Arrow. No, they're not going to outmuscle them. Um, it's a very mobile pack, isn't it? That's it. They, they've got yeah. a, with if those if that is the starting lineup. Then I'm not convinced it will be, but that's how it lines up um, officially. They're not trying to outmuscle them. Um, they're trying to outplay them, um, move them around. Uh, it's it's a mobile, mobile pack of forwards with the likes of Cam Murray, Isaiah Yo, uh, Jake Trebojevic as as your your front rower. Um, I would have thought Payne Haas is probably more a guy 
<clears throat> that you want, want to start with. But, you know, Brad Fittler's the coach and we respect his decision there. Um, I do like the idea of Junior Polo coming on with fresh legs. Um, yeah. There's your muscle. Your muscle's in the 15 and 16 in, in Polo and Haas. So if that's how they do start the game, um, your muscle men are coming off the bench. Uh, your impact with Junior Polo. Payne Haas is you know, he's almost an 80-minute player. Um, but I, I think that's why I think he's, he's more suited to start in the game. But yeah, Tarek Sims, I guess, was in some quarters was considered probably a guy that was not expected to, um, to be named in this side. He's been in good form for the Dragons. We did actually talk about him a bit last week, but what an opportunity he's got. Um, playing up at Townsville where he spent a number of years with the Cowboys, not at this particular ground, but I think when you've got a dry pitch, as you expect was going to be the case at Townsville, I think you, your mobile pack is, is more suited to, to that sort of surface than you know, what would be a slippery pitch in Sydney or certainly if it had been played in Melbourne. Mm. Um, and you expect a fast game. You do expect a fast game. And, and for mine, you think that that's going to suit the Blues. Well, I certainly hope it does. Um, they've got X factor in, in most of their back line and, and some of their forwards. So Cam Murray, who who is, a, is an outstanding player. We know Shano, he, he actually, he loves Cam Murray as a player. Fan. Huge fan. And, and and every right to be because Murray is his talent. And we missed him last year when he got injured uh, in either, well, I think it might have been game one, um, possibly game, game two, but he certainly didn't play in game three. And we, he was missed. Um, Isaiah Yo's been in great form Penrith, and he's got that combination with the halves of of Cleary and Luai. So he's going to be he's going to be dangerous. He's a good defender. You've got Jack Whiten on the bench, who who I expect, if there's no injuries in the back line, I think we will see Jack Whiten line up in the back row at some stage, and he'll be he'll be more than suited to that. He's he's uh, he's a strong big body, and the guy who I think is is really made for state of origin um liam martin who, yeah um, i really look forward to what he brings the, the enthusiasm that he'll bring when he gets out there um you just know something's going to happen um he doesn't he doesn't go you know at, at 80 or 90 percent it's a hundred percent all the time and uh he doesn't care how big the other guy is. He will be 100% full on giving it his all. I really look forward to, to Liam Martin coming off the bench and injecting uh, a lot of enthusiasm. Uh, he hits hard in defense. He runs hard in attack. And uh, so I really like that New South Wales bench. It's, 
it's an area that I think is better than what Queensland will have to offer. And I think, look, I, I do think New South Wales on paper is certainly a better side, but that's been the case since 1980 um, for most games, uh, barring that period where Queensland had that great dominance, um, you know, in the earlier part of, uh, of this century. Um, the, the sad years, eight years in a row where we, we were disappointed um, Queensland, most of those years did have a better side on paper. This New South Wales side looks good. That back line, we haven't talked about the back line yet, but um, you did go through it. So Tedesco, again, uh, he went down in game three. Uh, I can't remember who hit him or what happened, but when he went down, that was the end of New South Wales. Um, with no Papinhausen to come off the bench um, and, and New South Wales struggled. To'o, so much talk about Brian To'o and his lack of height compared to whether it's uh, Kyle Felt or Xavier Coates. There's no doubt they're taller men. Um, and that's going to be the focal point, I think, of Queensland's attack is to, to put the high ball up for Toto, Toto is a good leaper, but so is uh, Cole, so is Felt, and then they're mm. taller men, so they're going to get the ball more often than not. I'll tell you what, though, if Toto comes down with it, you want to be uh, ready to well, catch him because he, he'll go. Gee, yeah. he's strong and he can make some meters. Oh, well, that's that's why he's there. He, he he's he's the meter eater man of mm. the NRL. No one does it better than Brian Toto, and. Um, yeah, I really want to see him do well. Obviously, as as a Penrith uh, Panthers player, but he's not a Penrith Panthers player tomorrow night. He's a New South Wales Blues player, and his contribution is going to be crucial to the winning of this game. Um, if he can reproduce what he does on a weekly basis for the Panthers. Um, that sets New South Wales up very, very well for the attack. Um, you look at Latrell Mitchell, a guy who missed last year controversially, well, controversially, I guess, in, in many people's minds, dropped a couple of years ago, but he wasn't playing well. And, and I don't think most people would say, well, yeah, he had a great game, keep him in there. Um, but at the time, it was the right call because we went on to win that series. Um, we didn't see him last year due to injury. Um, he, he was ruled out. But he comes back and he's going to be hungry. And I think he comes back at a, a better player. I think he looks fitter. He's going to be determined. And uh, I think he's really going to worry the Queensland uh opposing centre, whether it's Capewell or Gagai that he lines up against. Um, and then you've got Tommy Turbo, who has been destructive since he came back from his hamstring injury, whether it was in the shower, whether it was in the course. So bottom line was the hamstring went and uh, and then Manley's, uh, Manley's season looked to be uh, torn as well. But come back Tommy Turbo 
He's been amazing. He is going to uh, he's going to worry Queensland. And then you've got the best winger in the world in Josh Adel Carr, who, when he gets the ball, um, there's few that are quicker. There's few that are smarter. And I don't know that there's anyone better who plays on the wing in any anywhere in the world than this guy. Um, I thought he was great for New South Wales last year in a losing, uh, ultimately a losing uh, campaign, but uh, I, he didn't let anyone down. So that three-quarter line and, and James Tedesco at the back, that spells a lot of danger to the Queenslanders. What are your a lot thoughts? of strike, yeah. There's a lot of strike in that back line, and and as we said, um, we we can't really complain too much about this back line because it's pretty much the back line that we had picked. Uh, prior it's, it's to exactly, the exactly, yeah. yeah. And I I I think, uh, you know, Latrell Mitchell, Tom Trebojevic, I think they're going to give the um, the Maroons a bit of bit of trouble. I think uh, I'd be interested to see which um, which player and which side they end up going with and putting Dane Gagai on because I, I think they'll try and find him out in defence a little bit. Uh, you know, on on the flip side, we um, we know Kurt Capewell is actually very very capable in that uh, centre's position in Origin. Uh, I think we actually had him as uh, our player of the match. Would it have been Origin one last year. Yeah, I think uh, so. Well, it was him and Gagai were both vying for that honour. They, they were yeah. both outstanding. And, and that was the Adelaide game where they come up against Whiten and, and Gutherson. And yeah. On both sides of the field, uh, the bath was on and it was the Queenslanders giving the New South Wales got an absolute bath both yeah. sides <laughs> And we've seen Kyle Felt quite a bit, but I feel like this is Origin debut. It is. This, this is the first time he's actually played Origin. And I know we've... Uh, you know, obviously, uh, seen him play a lot for for the Cowboys. This is his first time in Origin. There's a lot of debut debutants to you know across the whole uh, the whole game. Um, you know, Toto, Luai, uh, Coruscant could even get on the field. We know Liam Martin. Um, so so a lot of young players coming in here, and that that's why what brings me i suppose to the halves because when we have a look at the queensland halves pairing of munster and daily cherry evans um we're now moving into that territory where you know munster's quite an experienced player given you know even though his age uh would suggest otherwise he's he's had a lot of experience at this level so has cherry evans uh luai coming in playing his First game for the Blues, Nathan Cleary, as we know, he's um, he's still a youngster. But that combination of Luai and Cleary that we've seen so much week in, week out, just dominate other teams. I've got a few stats for you here, Griffo. And I, just before I get, um, you know, a, a bit more in-depth analysis on the halves. This is Luai and Cleary's stats for 2021. So this is this year. So we're, we're halfway through the season. Keeping in mind, they didn't play last week. And um, you know, this there've been you know one one or two other games where um, this hasn't been the house combination for Penrith. They scored 150 points, 26 try assists, 28 offloads, 24 line break assists, and 21 forced dropouts. That 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 
that's phenomenal for those who you know fully don't don't fully understand the um the impact that a halves combination may have. One thing though, Griffo, uh, we know that that backline's got a lot of points in it. They've probably got one of the best players in the world, New South Wales, with Tedesco at fullback. There's definitely more strike. Definitely, um, you know, we're expecting more points out of that New South Wales Blues uh, backline. Luai and Cleary, they've been doing it in uh, club football. Will their inexperience, despite the fact that they're a combination already, will their inexperience uh, at the origin level playing together uh, have an impact, do you feel, up against the experience of Munster and Cherry Evans? Well, for mine, there's there's no better origin player on the field than Cameron Munster. He is the best at this level um, of the of the thirty four players that line up. Um, he just gets the job done, and he has done since he came in a few years ago when when had a great taboo. We, we were at the game in Sydney last year, Graham, when New South Wales won by quite a lot. But they did it at Queensland without Munster for most of that game. He was off very, very early. We talked about Tedesco going off in game three. Well, Queensland lost Munster and, um, and there, there were no chance after he got injured. So he's their most important player. He delivers every game in state of origin. New South Wales have to control him. Yeah. Um, and that's that's not any one individual's responsibility. It's a collective team effort. Cherry Evans, for mine, I, I, I guess I... I'm someone who, who probably doesn't rate him quite as highly as as some other guys going around. Um, his record is is fantastic in terms of you know winning Origin, winning competitions, and, and, and so forth. Um, I just think he's not a guy who. He's a guy who goes well when his forwards are going well and the team's going well around him. But when the team's not going well around him, I don't know that he's a guy who can sort of stem the tide. Well, uh, uh, that's just my opinion. I might yeah. be wrong. But um, on the front foot, yeah, he, he's very, very good. Uh, on the back foot, not so good. Um, and we saw with his manly club side early in the year when there was no Tommy Turbo that DCE was, was struggling. Um, Monster is, is the guy for mine. Uh, in terms of the New South Wales guys, Cleary, is, he's played a number of origins now. He, he's an experienced origin player, even at his young age. Um, it is expected that he will lead New South Wales to victory. Um, and he's capable of it. He's capable of it. I thought last year he was at, he got man of the match in game two and he was outstanding. 
Yeah. We tried hard in game three and, and, and things didn't work for New South Wales for a variety of reasons. But one of those was that Jake Trebojevic seemed to be getting so much ball off the, off the dummy half. And for mine, that just stunted the attack. It didn't get out to the backs enough. Um, I can only assume that he was under instructions to do that. Otherwise, you'd be saying, mate, get out of the way. You're getting in the way. And that's how I was seeing it as I was sitting there watching it. Um, he's playing prop, and I think that's probably a better thing. I don't want Jake Trebojevic being the first receiver. I want Nathan Cleary being the first Yeah, receiver. that's right. That's his job. Yeah. That's not Jake's job. Um, as talented a player as he is... I don't want to see that. This is the backline. This is a, this is the five-star New South Wales backline. They have to get the ball, and um, if they do get good quality ball from Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary, New South Wales win the game. It's yeah. as simple as that. Yeah, because I mean these guys are, are the best players. In the NRL, Tedesco, Luttrell, Tommy Turbo, Adokar. You get the ball to those guys. You don't muck around. You just get it to them. And if you look at um, what Jerome Luai's done with Penrith, he's got all options available. He's got the short pass option. And we've seen him give Matt Burton uh, plenty of tries with the short ball. He's got the kick option into the in goal where tries get scored or you get the repeat set. He's got the run option with the step, the step, Luai, try. He's got all options. Cleary has options. Nathan Cleary, if you look at the number of tries he scores just from running the ball, it would be more than any other six or seven in the game, yeah. including Jack Whiten. Yeah, he's now, a great Jack ball Whiten runner. is known for that. And Nathan Cleary, this year, uh, I'm off the top of my head, I think he's got about seven or eight tries. Most of them are just individual efforts. Like he got two against yes. South Sydney. Yeah. Um, so. That's been the big improvement, I think, in his game is that he runs the ball more often than he used to. It used to be just pass. Now there's pass, there's run, or there's that other option of, of kick into the in goal. Um, I think those two guys will get the job done for New South Wales. And not just because I'm a Penrith supporter, but because I really want to see them succeed. Um, they have the keys to this match. They unlock the New South Wales backline and New South Wales win. Yeah. yeah I think the um, the spotlight for mine is going to be on Jerome Luai in that, um, in that halves battle. I think uh, he's definitely up to it, though. And I think that uh, if Luai was there with another half, I'd be a bit more concerned. But the fact that you've got Jerome Luai there with a player who he plays with week in, week out, and Nathan Cleary, 
he's got one of the coolest heads going around. He'll be able to organise uh, this team and he'll he'll ensure that they're on the front foot. And I, I also like the look of, as you said, you know, there's this mobile pack, there's some speed in this team. Uh, that really brings into play, we hope, because he's been uh, a bit, you know, a bit, bit on and off this year, but I'd like to see some quick play the balls and some uh, some scoots from Damian Cook out of dummy half. Absolutely, and I think we will, Graham. Um, yeah. His, his man, Khan Murray, is there. Yes. Um, Isaiah Yo gets a similar quick play to the ball. Um, Jake Trebojevic, I think, also you know can get that quick play the ball going. Um, yeah. I'd love to see uh, Damian Cook take a scoot yeah, out of dummy half out after a after a Brian Toto kick return. You know that there's just so much so much talent in this side. Yeah. Um, just on that yeah. game, and, and Cook, we've seen him combine very well with the likes of Tommy Turbo and Latrell, and obviously Teddy. You just think if Cook makes a break. One of those three guys puts the ball over the line for a four point. Oh, yeah, he'll have support. He'll have a. I, I, I'd imagine if he breaks the line, he'd have two or three options with this back line of players backing him up uh, to be able to go over. So, plenty of strike there. Plenty of. This uh, is why I'm actually speed. happy they're Plus playing speed. in Townsville, Graham. Yeah, it's going to be nice think, and dry. I just think fast. It, it, it suits the New South Wales team. That's right, especially uh, when you could, when you look at the possible, you know, say for example, if it was going to be played in, you know, Melbourne, the possible weather down there, uh, cold, possibly you know, wet, dewy night, uh, def- definitely a different style of football. Yeah, I, um, look, I tell you, the one guy I think it will also suit in the other team is is. Um, David Fafita. Yeah, I, yeah. That's the as soon as you said that, that was the player I yeah. thought of. Um, yeah, we haven't talked much about about him. Um, he missed last year's series as well due to injury, so he concerns me. Um, Whenever you come up against a side with him in in it, you've got to be concerned, don't you? If he's on, we've got problems. And he can create something out of nothing. It's well, the type of thing where nothing yeah. could be happening and, you know, one of our centres could be found isolated and he could just barge through, even though we've got world-class players in those positions. Just just physically, he's just a dominating presence. Yeah. He can score 70-metre tries. Yeah. And that's the thing. Um, <laughs> he's, and he's even got the, the pace to uh, yeah. to, to go with guys. the backs. He yep. steps guys and he goes yeah. round them. He's a freak. He is. Um, I just hope he has one of his nights where he doesn't get too involved. I don't think that's going to be the case. Mm. Um, but he he concerns me greatly um, from a from a defensive point of view. Um, and of course, Big Tino. Big Tino's not going to run seventy meters, but what he is going to do is he's he's going to physically dominate as he did last year. So New South Wales forwards for mine just have to go fifty fifty with Queensland. They don't have to dominate, but they can't be dominated. 
Um, if they if they can go 50-50, you, you got the likes of Cleary's kicking game and the New South Wales backline. I think will win the game. Mm. If the Queensland forwards do dominate, even if it's 60-40, Queensland will end up winning the game. They'll score. They won't win yeah. by a huge huge margin, but they win. And, and, and last year. New South Wales scored more tries. They scored more points in the series and went down um, 2-1. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, not a, it's not a game of for and against here. It's simply a game of winning. Um, and, and on that score, yeah, it, it does come down to the New South Wales forwards being able to, to match Queensland. They don't have to dominate them. They just got to match them and allow the New South Wales backline to do their thing, where New South Wales, I think, have a distinct advantage um, with their try-scoring potential. Given that, Griffo, uh, who wins this game? What's your score prediction? And give us a brief uh, brief overview of uh, how that team's going to get it done. Okay, well, I've never not tipped New South Wales. (laughs) So I've, I've been often wrong. But this is not just the heart now. This is the head saying in Townsville on a dry track, New South Wales win. Um, I did put a score down for our our pick the score competition. I've got a feeling it was something like 28-14. 28-14, I think you had from memory. At the time I was thinking, you know, do I go a bit more? And I think that's the way of, you know, a lot of New South Wales supporters tend to think, you know, we win, we're going to win by a lot. Queensland win, they don't win by much. But again, it's not about the margin. It's really about winning. I'll I'll take a one-point win. I'll take a (laughs) one-point win. I do want to see a big win because it's so much better for the stress levels than (laughs) we get a big win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where... You know, there haven't been too many games like it, but I think last year's game two, and I think certainly the game over in Perth, where we put the cleaners through Queensland a couple of years ago, with the likes of Tommy Turbo starring, um, uh, that's the sort of game I want to see. Because yeah. that sort of fast-moving game is going to suit us rather than them. If it becomes just a grind, as, as most State of Origin games are, that's that's Queensland's opportunity to win the game. Yeah, I want to see us start quickly, put points on, and just get that distance in between the two teams. Not like you know where I think it was the Adelaide game last year, Graham, where we made might have led ten nil. We dominated the first half. I don't know if it's ten nil at half time, but we led ten nil for a long time. And Queensland just ground back into the game. We came out in the second half, a different team. We just couldn't play, and they ended up getting the win. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, dominate or, or match them in the forwards, backs to score tries, keep scoring, and basically take Queensland out of the game uh, is what I want to see. Will we see that? I don't know. I do think New South Wales win. Um, 
obviously the heart says New South Wales, but I do think, I just think the field there, even though there's going to be some rather lunatic like North Queenslanders. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's big for them, isn't yeah. it? I, I, interesting, I think it was on, on the promo on Triple M for the game talks about um, the uh, the neutral venue. I thought, are you kidding yourself? <laughs> it's not a neutral venue. That's got to be a stitch up. Yeah, I, I, they, they keep playing it. It's, it's not neutral. This is this is insanity, Queensland. Yeah, uh, up there, they're going to be going off their heads. Um, you know, twenty eight thousand or so of them. There's not going to yeah. be many blues fans there. Yeah. You're gonna you get more blues fans in Brisbane than you what you get at uh, yeah. whatever it's named, uh, their country bank or something stadium. The, you, if there's twenty eight thousand people there, you'll be lucky that two hundred of them are blues supporters. Yeah. So it's one-way traffic in the stands, but the only way to, to quell that is to um, is to get out of the blocks early, get points on the board, and just take the Maroons out of the game. What do you think, Graham? Yeah, I've got New South Wales winning, and I'm uh, I'm one of those people I think that you're referring to in a, in a sense that uh, I think New South Wales have more points in them. I've gone 36-10 for New South Wales. Uh, I hope you're right. Yeah, I just think there's too many points. When I look at the back line, there's just so many points in this uh, this New South Wales team. I am a bit cautious because Origin's a different beast, and we even know from last year that uh, you know young superstars like Xavier Coates can can score tries. Uh, you know, we saw in Game Three he scored a you know he scored scored a try there, which really. Um, you know, didn't bode well for the end of the uh, the Origin series for the New South Wales, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a bit of a backward and forward, a bit of a grind. Um, I don't rate the Queensland bench as much as I do the New South Wales bench. I, I'm thinking that New South Wales could be, you know, up sixteen ten with about twenty to go, and then I feel like uh, if they do get one or two tries on the back of that it could open up a bit and we could see it blow out a little bit at the end. That's how I'm seeing the game going. I hope it goes that way. Um, but you just you just never know when it comes to origin because uh, it, it is like a totally different competition. And you, you even find sometimes you have players that, even though they're in the origin team, they might not be informed for their club, but they really live for this game because, in effect, you have the grand finals, obviously. People say it's the biggest game of the year, but... But Origin's that next level. Yeah, you got the best against the best. Yes. Yep, totally agree. And um, look, I think, you know, when it comes to the best, I think that the New South Wales team, you know, all we can go off is on paper, really. We say games aren't won on paper, but because it's not a week-in, week-out game, all we can go off is what's named on paper, how they've been going for their club, and um, I, I just think there's just so much strike in that New South Wales Blues side, and even some of the new players coming in, like we said, like Martin um, and Luai, I think they're going to, to really add some um, some positive factors to this New South Wales team. Uh, one player I didn't mention for New South Wales earlier, I'm just going to give a mention, we won't talk too much about him, but he was called into the squad as a cover as the 20th man, is Keon Kaloa Matangi. 
I think he's been playing well and he's probably one that we'll see in the future. Obviously won't feature this week. I'm not sure. I don't think he'll feature in this series, but that's a good example in contrast to the Reed Marnie situation. Yeah, where you've got a young bloke that uh, you know might feature in a couple of years becoming part of the squad. Graham, I just I I sort of identified Cameron Monster as as the, the danger man. Yep. In the Queensland side. Who do you think Queensland Queensland's biggest uh, danger man is if you if you had to pick one guy out of New South Wales. New South Wales biggest danger, like well, as in well, the, no. someone a player for New South Wales or a player for Queensland. The guy you know, for New South Wales that really Queensland must control if they're going to win this game. Uh, no, I, think... I certainly think Monster is that man for Queensland. Look, I, I could pick a few of them. My first one that came to mind was Nathan Cleary, but the more I think about it. Um, I think James Tedesco is that player. I think he's got the ability when he comes in the line to really cause them some trouble. Just the opportunities that we see in this side for James Tedesco to link up with players, it's it's mouth-watering. You know, on one side of the field, he could be sweeping around the back and receiving a, a pass from Latrell Mitchell in you know, on the on the other side, he could be you know supporting Shaboyevich, uh, backing up Cleary in the middle, you know, hanging off uh, forwards like Cameron Murray. I think we're going to see Cameron Murray and Isaiah Yo both at some stage in the middle. Um, I, I I just have that uh, that vision in my head of Isaiah Yo carrying a few players, popping a ball free. James Tedesco will always be there. Um, I'm 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 calling James Tedesco as the danger man. For the uh, for the Blues Very side, good. Blues captain, yeah. he is the Blues captain. What 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 are your thoughts on uh, Tedesco as the captain? Do you think that's going to make much of a difference to the way he plays or his uh, responsibilities no, I, I, on I the thought, field? Well, you know, it, it's not his first time. He was captain last year with with the Cordner injury to Boyd Cordner. Yep. So, um, you know, Boyd Cordner did start the game in Adelaide, but Tedesco did lead New South Wales in game True. two. Did lead him out for game three, but didn't see too much of that game after his injury no. and got so knocked out. He's really had one full game as captain one of the Blues. One full game, yeah. But I don't think there's another obvious captain there. Um, A lot of future captains. Cleary yes, will captain this side one day. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Jake Trebojevic is a leader. Um, even though he's not the manly captain, you see that manly team... And he's the one holding court, you know, whenever there's something going on. He's the one doing the talking, more so even than DCE. So he's a leader, um, but he's not going to play 80 minutes. You really do want a captain who's out there for the duration, I think. Um, so certainly, unless injury takes uh, steps in, James Tedesco is going to be out there. And he's going to be barking at him from behind anyway. Yeah. Um, but I think in terms of the general running of the team, Cleary is that man. Um, he's the number seven. So he won't. he's not officially captain. But when ball is in hand, uh, New South Wales got the ball. He's the bloke. He's the guy calling the shots um, more so than, than James Tedesco. He's, he's going to be calling the shots in defense from behind the line. But there's a lot of leaders in this side. Um, yeah, yeah, a number of well, a few, a few club captains. 
but uh, a lot of leaders. This is not a very young side. It's 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 reasonably young, but it's not inexperienced. You know, uh, yeah, I shouldn't shouldn't have said that they're not young. They are a young side, but they do have uh, a bit of origin experience. Even though there's a number of debutants, um, I, I think uh, I think it's a good balanced side. You know, if you think of guys who, who probably would have been there. Angus Crichton comes to mind. Yeah. Um, we probably would have seen Pappenhausen at number definitely, 14. Definitely. So, yes, they're missing a few, but so are Queensland. And, and one of their main man in the forwards, Josh Papali, is not there because of suspension. Um, I expect we'll see him back for game two, um, even though he's not been in the best of form. Ah, he'll be there. So. He'll be there, but uh, th- this game, this 17, I like the look of it. Um, if New South Wales do lose, uh, there'll be call for, calls for Freddie's head. Um, yeah, if so, this squad you know, doesn't get the job done, you got to wonder. Yeah, they'll be saying, you pick too many Penrith players, blah, blah, blah. You know, it, it's, it's all, yep. it really does come down to the fact that he's gone for a club combination the seven, eight, uh, and thirteen, and I think it was the right way to go. I do like the fact that Jack Whiten is in the seventeen because he is a guy that can come on and win you the game. Yeah, um, yeah. With the, you know, getting him, having a Jack Whiten come on with twenty minutes to go and tired forwards, uh, you know, with with all that other strike with Tedesco supporting, with Cleary organising, Luai there taking like it's just it just adds another dimension, another option. I think for them. it does, and I just think the punch off the bench. Yeah, I mean, all of those players are dynamic players. Um, they're not just going to go out there and you know just plug a hole. They're going to try and make a hole. Um. I think Junior Paulo is an outstanding prop in this stage of his career. He's been around a long time now. He is a wrecking ball. Um, I really want to see him come on and get one of his offloads that can lead to a try. So I look forward to him coming on. I, I'm still not convinced Payne House won't start the game, but you know it, he may not. Um, he's a powerhouse Liam Martin, dynamic. I, I really look forward to, and, and I don't know who's going to make way for him, but I think it's going to be mainly in the forwards that we're going to see these guys come on. Yeah. I don't think the backs are unlikely. We're going to see a replacement unless there's an injury in the back line. But uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I'm just getting excited, Graham. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'd imagine the way they might use the bench is, uh, you know, Haas and uh, Paulo would, would give Saifedi and Trebojevic a bit of a rest. But you don't know because they might even move Trebojevic into the second row. Uh, there's that there's a strong chance. There's that option that you know, um, you know, Tarek Sims might have a break and. Uh, you know, Liam Martin goes on there. You know, you could even use Cam Murray in at lock and have could. Isaiah Yo. There's just so many options there. Options, yeah. And and that's what fills me with confidence too with this uh, this forward pack. Not only are they mobile, they're versatile. So should someone go down with injury, uh, New South Wales have it covered. And I think they've got this game definitely covered. And 
I hope that on Thursday, Griffo, when we come back to uh, review the origin and preview the upcoming NRL round. Uh... We only want tears of joy, Graham. <laughs> That's right. Only want tears of joy. And look, for our for our Queensland listeners, I know it's, you know, that not everyone listening is going to be diehard blues fans like us. And I know that at origin time, sometimes the feedback is that we are very uh, one-sided in our opinions and our, our insights. But um, it just shows uh, how important this game is to rugby league fans. Well, the Queenslanders... They are way ahead in series and games won. Correct. Can't deny the facts. Um, New South Wales at one stage got it back to level after always being behind. And then we saw Queensland go on their massive run. So I don't know what the overall stats are, um, but uh, Queensland's a mile in front over the... uh, 40, I think this is what the 42nd year of, of origin, um, probably about the 39th or 40th series. Um, and New South Wales, I don't think has ever actually been in front in terms of games won. So I said, we got it level when we were going yeah. well um, early in the 2000s with, you know, Joey Johns and Freddie Fittler and whatnot. And then Queensland went on that eight-year run, which there was... We had a lot of fun on the way to those games. Not so much fun on the way home. But no. It was, <laughs> it was a very a different atmosphere. Yes, yes. Very jovial on the way down and a bit somber um, on, on the way, the way back. home. Uh, I am looking forward, Graham, to... Uh, Game three, hopefully, when it's uh, game three yes. to, to take out a clean, a blue sweep. Um, that's wishful thinking. Yeah, absolutely wishful thinking. But Especially with two games in Queensland well, that's to start. It. Yeah, and I mean, we didn't really talk about that. No, that's, but, that's uh, a factor that we've got to think about too, in not just this game, but the overall series, yeah. because we had a laugh about the, uh, you know, people trying to tell us that Townsville's a neutral, uh, yeah. neutral uh, venue. But. Um, neutral. My goodness me. By the time they get to Sydney, they've already been two games in Queensland, which is very odd. It is. Um, I mean, these are, these are unusual times. But um, I, for one, will not complain if, you know, we're 2-0 down. Say they should never have had two games up there. Um, <sighs> we just have to be good enough to win. Yeah, doesn't matter where you play, you have to be good enough to win. And look, traditionally there would have been, I mean, obviously now we have that neutral ground with the expansion of the game, but traditionally it would alternate. One year there'd be two games in Queensland with with one in New South Wales and the next year two in New South Wales, uh, one in Queensland, obviously with that being in the middle. So it's not unusual of, you know, to, to have two games in Queensland, one in New South Wales. And it, it, it just shows that, you know, if you're good enough, you'll you'll win an away game. You have to win. Yep. Um, I've got there no was a long that. time there, Graham, where ANZ Stadium or Telstra Stadium, I think, as it was originally, was a fortress for New South Wales. Oh yeah, um, you think it was, um, it was years before Queensland actually won a game there. You think of those series, you know, you, you, around you know, the turn of the century. Yeah, we right through to 2005, which I think uh, 
was the last New South Wales series win prior to that big run from Queensland from 06 through to uh, 13. Yeah. 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 There, there were plenty it's... of series then when during those years where two games were played at ANZ and we still didn't win. That's right. We might have got one game. Most yeah. of, I don't know. In that eight-year run, there might have only been one clean sweep, I think. Uh, um, there if, was if only, I... yes. Now, the clean sweep was 2010. Oh, what a terrible year 2010 was. <laughs> so, yeah, so looking at it, um, and, and look, that's something too to keep in mind uh, just overall looking at the series. We're, we're talking about the potential of, you know, sweeping and everyone talking about. Clean sweeps are very, very rare. I've just been looking here at uh, some of the results. The last clean sweep was that one in 2010 where Queensland uh, won 3-0. Uh, prior to that... Uh, was the year 2000, where New South Wales uh, swept the series 3-0, uh, 95-96 prior to that, and then we've got to go back to the 80s. So, look, it's uh, technically in the last, you know, 20 years, it's only happened it's that century. once. It's a rarity. It's an absolute rarity. It's happened twice. Speak. It's happened twice uh, since the turn of the century, 2000 and 2010. Yeah. Um, not, so, not for, it's over 10 yeah, well, 10 years, 10 years since there's been a clean sweep. Yep. Um, so it, it doesn't happen too often. No, no. Uh, and, I mean, that that says a lot about the contest that is state of origin. Um, yep. Plenty of times, you know, and a lot of people came out last year and, and said, you know, it was going to be a clean sweep, New South Wales, worst Queensland team of all time. Um, and that just gave them more fuel. Um, yeah, we don't need to be saying that again. We don't need to say these sort of things. Um, <laughs> Doesn't help. <laughs> that just never helped. And, no. and they they just laugh at that, you know. Um, but yeah, it, it all starts tomorrow night. It's I think if New South Wales can win this game, it certainly puts them in the box seat. Yeah. reclaim the trophy um, because then even dropping that second one to come to Sydney uh, in a decider I think would be a great position to be in well yeah yeah but I I think I think Queensland's best chance they're very hard to beat in Brisbane history shows that they don't often lose there um, so if if they do win tomorrow night Queensland, that is, then New South Wales, they've got they've got Everest to climb um, to win the series, really. Yeah. Uh, with the second game being in Brisbane. Yep. Uh, so it, it, it's definitely in Queensland's favour. I, I I can't recall ever a series where you know one side played the first two home games um, and, and as I said you, I'm not going to be using that as an excuse it is what it is um, as, I, as I said at the start I, I do think this this ground taking the crowd you know yes they're going to be crazy Queenslanders but they give you know they, they're going to absolutely scream their lungs out but 
I think the the nature of the dry track with this New South Wales side, I think they win. I think they win, and then it it really that Brisbane game becomes uh, becomes real. Well, not every game's important, but but if New South Wales can't win in Townsville, then I I, I really do think we are we're in trouble. Yep. No, totally agree. And look, you know, if we're, we're talking about neutral grounds and unusual grounds, um, look, it may be in New South Wales' uh, advantage because uh, don't forget that uh, New South Wales did uh, win that uh, that game in Long Beach, California back oh, in 1987. Yes. So, you know, the odd, the odd, uh, the odd venue might uh, bode well for the, uh, the Blues, given that the was history. Actually, that was actually a fourth game. Of, it was like a... I mean, it's like still counted in the records, yeah. Mm. But it was an exhibition game um, because the series had already been played. I, I can't remember who won the series, but it was it was a fourth game, um, the only time where where think, four games have been played in a in a year. Yeah, I think Queensland won the series two one, and then the fourth game they played in right. Long Beach, uh, the Blues won. The the Blues definitely won. That was the game yeah. where Sterlo got caught in the in the wrapping paper as he ran out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> he got uh, me into the match for it though. <laughs> yeah. But um, it was back in the eighties and uh, it was very difficult for New South Wales in those, those years to, to win. Um, so we certainly counted it as a win. I don't, but officially it goes down as well. Um, yeah. And then in the 90s, we did see Super League uh, as well. That's right. New South Wales. Yeah, it does they, those games don't count officially. No, because the Tri-Series. The, they did with, the, with New Zealand, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, I've got a feeling Noel Goldthorpe might have kicked a field goal to... I think they might have played a final or... But it was definitely New South Wales won in that that year yeah goal for um, the field goal was um 23 22 uh we'll new south wales super anyone league beat queensland it. super league but um yeah that was back in uh may of 97 yes yes so we'll take it we'll, i'm happy to count that in the record like the the world series cricket was never those because they were official not officially sanctioned test matches so you had the likes of Dennis Lilly and Greg Chappell and Viv Richards and all these yep. guys who were out of test cricket for, for a couple of years. So, um, so all of those runs and all of those wickets don't officially count, even though they were the best in the world at the time. But, uh, yeah, so... Uh, Plain to look forward to. I got onto that, but... No. <laughs> Plenty to look forward to, uh, plenty to uh, to talk about. But yeah, it, it, it just shows that um, I think the point we're making there, talking about these other things and the parallels with, you know, World Series cricket, and you know, it, it's it's a big part of the game. It's a showpiece for the game, and even people who do not watch rugby league, and you know, obviously we're talking to the diehard fans if you're listening to this podcast. But everyone knows that uh, regardless of whether you're a rugby league fan or not, um, 
more likely than not, uh, most people that live in New South Wales or Queensland are going to flick over to the Origin tomorrow and have a look at it on the telly. Do you think we're going to see someone sin bin tomorrow, Graham? <sighs> look, my gut, yes. Yes, I think we will. Uh, I think the game's played hard and fast, and if the NRL are going to uh, stick with the directive and they have said that the game is going to be refereed in origin the same way it has been on the uh, the weekends in recent times. Uh, with that just being depends said... which weekend. Like... Well, that, well, that's true. The first weekend we had a Simbin just about every game. Um, and, and, and you know what? It, it'd be worth actually looking at... Um, you know, having a bit of a think about the referee because sometimes we're seeing, depending on referees, uh, we, we, we could get different interpretations. Absolutely. Um, we've got Jared Sutton this week refereeing. So uh, the, 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 there's a possibility. Oh, actually, my gut, yeah, we'll see someone send me. Well, I, I hope we don't, particularly if they're wearing blue. But, yeah, fair call. Uh, I don't want to see any sim bins, but I feel no, like there might be. If a guy deserves to go, I want to see him go. Yep. You know, um, you know, like a like sort of a Jordan Pereira hit on. I uh, can't remember who he hit, but he knocked him out. Yeah, yeah, that was um, a bad one. You know, like we saw Herman Sase run out of the line and put one on one of the Panthers. Those sort of things, they've, they've just got to be dealt with. Yep. Um, you don't want to see a sin bin for, for something that's innocuous. Um, that's, I guess, that's that's the worry. And we've seen enough of those over the past month. Well, we have. We have, but again, it's inconsistent. Um, we don't want to see them. We, we, we do want to see the guys who put uh, a shot on that hits the head. Um, I do want to see him in the bin. They should be in the bin. Or worse, if it's a really bad one. Um, I, I don't expect we're going to see someone sent off, but... No, I don't feel like that. You know, if we, we, we had that... When they had the crackdown, we saw three blokes sent off, I think, and all of them deserve to be. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I, I, I'm supportive of them dismissing a player if he deserves to be. If it's warranted, I do want do to it. see someone go for ten. If you know it's it's not quite as serious, but it's you know reasonably serious, and then something that's not serious, stay on the field, penalty. Yeah, uh, if need be. Um, the whole thing about the. Uh, not taking a dive or whatever um, gentleman's agreement seems that's been thrown out the window um, yeah again it's not a good look in our game um, no. but, but you know it's, we, we criticize football slash soccer for, for the guys that go down when nothing's happened and it's starting to creep in and, we, and I don't like it no um there was a period there where we got rid of it, but I think with these these new reviews, it's it's creeping back in. It's definitely creeping back in. Um, it's just whatever whatever action is taken by the NRL, we see a spin-off that is generally a negative. 
um, as as coaches and players try to get around or, or exploit whatever rule is in vogue at the time. Um, so we yeah we do want to see a low penalty count, but we want to see consistency, especially around the six again calls because yeah. they're crucial. Yeah, they're yeah. crucial, and that can change a um, game. You get a couple oh, of those. Absolutely. Absolutely. And especially, you know, even you look at it, if you're from Queensland's point of view, um, with, with the speed and the mobility of the, uh, the the New South Wales side, if they get a couple of six again calls in concession, that, uh, in succession, I should say, um, that, that, that could really have a massive impact. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, so much to, uh, to contemplate this time tomorrow night. Uh, wow. We're, we're well into the, we're into the back end of the game. Yep. Definitely Hopefully with a big smile it. on our face. <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is definitely something to look forward to tomorrow. Uh, it is the big game. Uh, we can't wait. We love Origin. We know that all the fans love Origin as well. And, um, yeah, look, we're just looking for a good game where the best team wins. And, uh, look, don't want any big injuries because it's going to have a big uh, impact on uh, the club games if we do see that. Yeah, so, look, thanks, listeners all around the world. Um I hope, you know, tomorrow night's a, a great game for all of you. Um, I can't lie. I do want to see a Blues victory. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I'm, it's been great. It was a special edition, uh, Tuesday night edition, Origin Preview. And we're back on Thursday to um, to discuss the game and look forward to round 14 of the NRL. Yeah, we look forward to having you again uh, join us on Thursday. Uh, Enjoy the origin tomorrow night and uh, yeah, hopefully we we see a blue win. Take care everyone. Bye-bye.